this is Tracy. And this is Charlotte. And we are Zwei Fatchers. In this episode, which is horribly late, and we're going to explain why, we are going to talk about the sake festival that we went to in Toronto, and how awesome it was. Two months ago. Yes. Almost two months ago. It was back in May. And then we're going to talk about the regularity of the podcast and what's going on with us. But we definitely wanted to get this episode out there because we built it up, it was an awesome time, and we want people to hear about this. Definitely. So the sake festival. Oh my god. Wow. Um, so if you've been to beer festivals before, you know there's a certain kind of vibe that goes with them. You're meeting all kinds of new people, and you're getting to talk to the people that make it, that love it, that love the products. So picture that, but on a Tokyo subway train. <laughs> it totally different vibe. Beer festivals, totally laid back. Food festivals, totally laid back. This was almost manic, but in a good way. Dynamic. Yeah. It was almost frantic. <laughs> yeah, it, it was insane. It was held in the uh, historic distillery district in Toronto. In the fermenting cellar. Gorgeous area. I love that place. That's one of those, if we ever hit the lottery for a ludicrous amount of money we, and we could afford the inc- or the tax on it, we would totally get a condo in that area. Because mm-hmm. it's just so cool, so fun. There's so much to do, so much to eat and drink. But they had a, a great setup. Um, there was quite the lineup to get in, and we got there right when it opened. And we did totally do mass transit in 100%. We took the GO train to the subway, mm-hmm. took a bus up the street to the historic distillery district, and... Um, we waited in line a good 15, 20 minutes. We, they had taiko drummers opening it up, mm-hmm. and we missed most of the taiko drummers, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah. We we probably actually arrived about maybe 10 minutes past when they mm-hmm. opened, but it couldn't really be helped. No. And so we by the time we got in the door, we handed in our tickets, we got our hand stamped. The place was bustling. Yeah. Same setup as when you go to like a wine festival or a beer festival, you get your tasting glass. Which don't, you break it. With, don't break it. Don't break it. I don't know how much the replacement fees were. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Though they just kind of had them setting out, so you probably just could have stolen another one and they never would have noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the What was the place called again? The old root cellar? What? The fermenting cellar. The fermenting cellar. I think that's what it was called. I think it's the fermenting cellar, too. It's uh, a decent-sized yeah. area, but with the number of sakes they had there, the people there, the companies, it was really crammed. Yeah, there was like, what, 25 companies there? Easily. Plus yeah. the food vendors and, or not vendors, the food people that were there displaying their stuff. And it was really cramped. I, I hope next year they do it again and I hope they get a bigger place so there's a little bit more room to maneuver. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing was that there was like this black curtain that divided the building in half. And in the other half of the building, there was the bathrooms. And you could totally go on the other half of the curtain but nobody was going in there. It was all crammed into one spot. So it would have been nice to have the food people maybe over off to one side mm-hmm. or it, spread it out just a little bit because the sake vendors were all along, or the sake companies were all along the wall mm-hmm. and that would have spread it out a little bit more. Now, what was nice about this is compared to when you go to, to like a beer festival in Canada where you pay your fee and you buy tickets, everything was included in the price. You paid mm-hmm. your, your ticket fee to get in and you could go around to all of the sake people and try everything, no additional cost. Yeah. Which was really cool. Uh, it led to massive overdrinking by nearly all parties involved. Yeah. We weren't the only ones. <laughs> oh, no. No. And the, the evening was fuzzy, not just because it was so long ago. It's just there was so much sake all at once. And it's not that you were swilling it. You're just you're trying a little bit of everything. There were over 100 varieties of sake. Mm-hmm. 
when you told me there were 100 varieties of sake, I thought you were just making it up or they were padding the numbers. No, no. really. There was that much sake. Because each company brought at least four different types. Yeah. And we barely tried half there between the two yeah. of us. And that's not Put each of way. us half. We had to go to the Jersey Giant to have a pint to sober up. Yes. Like, it was nuts. Yes. But it was such a good time. Oh, Lord. Now, the big winners of the evening. Um, and we tried to, you know, take pictures and take notes. And it's so crowded. You have no place to put anything down. We After just said, about screw it. 15 minutes, I just said, forget it. Yeah. You know. I would say for me, the biggest winner of the evening was getting to try sparkling sake and mm. how good it was. Oh, yeah. my God. Every single one I tried just blew me away. It's just because um, sake can be, since it's a still beverage... And sometimes it's drank warm. Not always. It depends on the season. It can kind of be heavy. It's got a different flavor on the tongue than wine mm -hmm. does. Uh, some sakis are lighter, but just to have that light, bubbly... Oh, just so good. And totally correct me if I'm wrong on this, but weren't the sparkling sakis a slightly lower alcohol content, too? I think so. So it was more like drinking a light sparkling wine mm -hmm. than a sake, which can tend to be in the mid-teens. Yeah. And that was really nice, too. Very refreshing. We do have some out in the LCBOs now. And just like when we went to the, the Wine and Food Expo, anybody who had their products out at the LCBO, they had cards out with the card, uh, the code on it that you can plug into the website for the LCBO and find out what stores actually carry their product, which was good. And we have a stack of those that we want to track down later. Mm -hmm. But, okay. Like, we had the, uh, the Gaike King Zipang Sparkling Saki. I think that was the first one we tried when we yeah. got there too, and it just but everybody such else an brought them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. big winner for the night. Definitely looking forward to tracking more of those down to have. I think they'll pair great with all kinds of food, especially spicy foods. Yeah, I think that, it sounds like a heresy to say it, but I think they'd be awesome with wings. Well, champagne goes well with anything. Yeah, even French fries because it cuts through the grease, right? Yeah. For me, the big winner was the uh, umeshu, which is uh, Japanese plum liqueur. And ume is the Japanese plum, but I think there's actually a, another name for it when it's fresh. The ume is actually like the dried plum. Mm -hmm. So it's actually prune liqueur, but nobody wants to drink prune liqueur. No. Ume sounds so much more classy. And less like it's going to give and you it the craps. <laughs> well, it doesn't taste like no. prunes either. It tastes a lot more like an apricot than a plum, I think. It does have a more delicate taste to it. Mm -hmm. This stuff was like liquid honey in your mouth. Yeah. Dear Lord, a couple shots of that over ice with some uh, soda water yeah. would be a killer summer drink for the porch or the balcony. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, you're looking at uh, around $35 for a bottle of the uh, the Choya Umeshu. And there is also the Black and Gold, which I think was by Gaikiken. Oh, the plum wine. Yeah. Yeah. The Black and Gold plum wine. That was pretty awesome, too. And that's different from the plum wine that's out now, too. It's one of their different ones. Yeah, this is like a... Better quality or something? Yeah, I was going to say, oh. like, a top-shelf one. But either way, you're looking around 30 bucks. So Ironically enough, we go to a sake festival and we fall in love with the plum stuff that they have. Who, who figured? I know. Well, after a while, you just get so overwhelmed. You're like, that. that's good. Yeah, that's good. And it's all good. Mm -hmm. Like, there wasn't a bad thing in the bunch that I tried. No, no. There, there were some that weren't to my taste. What was that one variety that I made that, fa that face? And I said, this is too close to the taste of Baiju. 
in Baiju, I had too much bad Baiju to, to mm-hmm. really enjoy this. It's a particular style of sake that even by the end of the evening, I was starting to warm up to that and say, you know, this isn't bad. I think it was the Daiginjo. I think so too. it's actually a really good quality one. Yeah. It's like one of the higher qualities where the rice is polished down a little bit more. And you're like, eh. Yeah. I'll, I'll drink some of this stuff instead. So apparently I have cheap sake tastes. I guess that's not a bad thing at all. And one of the other things that really surprised me about the festival is, you know, most of the time, if you don't know much about sake, which despite my constant contact with you, I I still hardly know anything about it at all, is that when you think sake, you always think hot sake and the cute little clay cups that you Mm -hmm. get when you go out and get sushi. And only one or two vendors actually had hot sake. Yeah, most people served it chilled. Yeah. And to the point of actually having like a trough with ice with the bottles resting in Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, there wasn't really much hot sake there because it was summertime, so you wouldn't drink it hot. You wouldn't drink it hot, exactly. Because they're all about the seasons, like mm-hmm. doing stuff in season. So that was surprising. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, opened up my mind to sake about, oh, there's a lot more variety here than I ever expected. Yeah. So that was neat. Was that fellow that we met, was he with the uh, the Wandering Poet, the Rihaku? Yes. Bender? Yes, yeah. he was. He is awesome. Where's his business Oh, card? yeah, we, we had a great experience. Uh, we went back to the one corner table, and the fellow that was there with uh, the Wandering Poet uh, company that does that, Wandering Poet, a little background, bit of background, if you haven't listened to the sake episode, it's this one particular type of sake that Sheila had always been told was fantastic. If you can get your hands on it, try it. And the people who make that, they had a representative there with a bunch of their different sakis. And the fellow was just such a joy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And then he really showed how much grace and style he had. He with... was top class, man. <laughs> yeah, he had tons of class. Uh, this uh... mouth-breathing fanboy came up next to us and started trying to show what he knew. And the fellow behind the counter with the Wondering Poet stuff, he just smiled and nodded and had so much class in dealing with this, this uncouth lout who obviously had had too much to drink. He was showing off his brewing testicles, which is fine, yeah. but not really appropriate. Yeah. but <laughs> Especially because he's talking to somebody who's a brewer, but I don't float throw that around because I'm there to learn more, you know? Exactly. So I'm not going to be opening my big mouth. You've got two ears and one mouth. Use them in proportion. Exactly. It was just... The way he handled himself was absolutely admirable. We really appreciated that. So we wanted to give him a, a total shout-out and a kudos for that. And I, I hope we run into him again. What was his name? His business card. Uh, Young Choi. Yeah. He was a sales consultant. Mr. Young Choi, hats off to you, totally. sir. You are a class act. Totally. You handled, handled yourself amazingly. Yeah. And I imagine he's prob- he's a professional, obviously. He's used to handling people that maybe had a little bit too much to drink. Mm-hmm. But just the grace and the style he had. Yeah. Hats off to you, sir. That was one of those high points of the evening. We're like, yeah. Love to see him if he goes to the Wine and Food Expo this fall yeah. in, in November. Cause That'd we're be definitely going to hit that up. Now, the other uh, high point of the evening was, I think I insulted the people from Izumi a little bit, but um, they brought a special <laughs> sake with them. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a special one for the uh, for the uh, the show. And it, to me, you know how your your experiences define everything that you perceive your past experiences what you experience now gives you a framework mm-hmm. with in which you can evaluate everything else that comes into your realm and as you grow as a person you expand that framework mm-hmm. so i tried this amazing sake they had and i swear to god i am not making it up it tasted like pasca and ham yeah it had this weird salty 
I don't even, yeasty, I don't want to say delicious, amazing. I don't want to say meaty, but it definitely had the salty and yeah. the sweet and the yeasty. Oh, it was so good. It tasted like a piece of pusca with a little slice of ham on it. Mm. It was amazing with the warmth of the sake behind it and that full mouth feel. I could have just drowned myself in that. And I, I looked at him like, oh my God, this tastes like Christmas morning. And they looked at me like I'd lost my head. Like, I, okay. And I'm then an I idiot. had to go back and get her drinks for her. She did, because I was too embarrassed. But, oh, Lord, that was good. I mean, Izumi put out a great table, because they were kind of hosting it. Yeah. And they did a fantastic job. But, yeah, that, that particular blend, that particular batch that they brought, because I know each batch is individual, mm-hmm. was outstanding. Now, the food people... Um, there was goo, which I never actually got a chance to try. I know. Well, that's the big criticism, is because they had everybody crammed together so tightly in the um, the floor, it was hard to see where the lines began and ended for the food. So, so you don't know if people are just standing there talking, or if they're actually waiting in line. And you can only ask, are you waiting in line, so many times. Yeah. So we didn't get to try goo. Um, we didn't really get to try most of the vendors. We got to get a couple oysters, and that was about it. Yeah. They did have one of the uh, fish houses there or one of the restaurants that does seafood, and they were shucking fresh oysters, and literally, the fast as they were shucking them, people Poor were eating them. them. And we didn't want to have too many of them, because that's the last thing you want to be sick on, but... Yeah. You don't want to repeat that Mad Men episode where no. they have all those martinis and oysters and then walk up the... Yeah. The flight, walk all the way up to the, you know, 30th floor and yak all over the place. But they were delicious. Mm-hmm. We got to try some of the fish that was there before they ran out. But, um... I had no. some seared um, mackerel. You had seared I had mackerel. mackerel. I had you some had... seared salmon. Mm-hmm. And that was good. Don't remember who brought that, though, because they were kind of tearing down. Yeah. We got the last of it. Now, they, besides the sake representatives and the food vendors they had there, they also had a couple of the local, um, I guess you call them like Japanese-themed bars. Yeah, ezekayas. Ezekayas, and they did sake cocktails. Yeah. I was really hesitant to try them. I think you were a little bit too. I was like, eh, I don't know. But uh, you know how I am. I'm so open-minded my brain's going to fall out of my head. Well, I'm raising an eyebrow, eyebrow because, you know, it's sake. It's already a low-content alcohol. What kind of cocktail are you going to do with that's going to be any good? Mm-hmm. Any mixer you put with it's going to hide the flavor of the sake. You know, what, what the hell? What are you doing? Yeah. And we were wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. I will happily <laughs> try any sake cocktail anybody ever puts in front of me again. Uh, one of them was from the, the bar Key. Yep. And they did some fantastic cocktails. They all had fancy names for them. I don't remember them. But, but they, they were all great. were basically a citrus base yeah. cocktail. There was also Blowfish, which was whimsical and awesome, which I think is actually where we got the seared fish from. I think that was from the, the seared fish, yeah. Uh, there was also Ginkgo, which I think we had another sake cocktail from. Mm-hmm. Were they the ones with the, the lemonade sake? I think so. That was just that amazing. Was, it was like I electric a, sake lemonade or yeah, something? Yeah, I had a couple of those. And they were in like little little sample cups, but mm-hmm. good stuff. It's, again, one of those ones where they... I don't know if that was one of their many sake cocktails or if they planned for the season and the heat. Because it was a warm evening and they brought something that would be refreshing. Because it was a very refreshing cocktail. Oh, it, I just found the menu. Oh, look at that. Oh, I missed the octopus balls. Damn was it. that at goo? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That was, Those were the things on the sticks. Oh. I am so sorry. That's okay. They did give you a nice program you went in. Uh, they did give you a nice program when you walked in as well that had a list of all the representatives that were there, all the companies, uh, the menus from mm. the participating restaurants. It was a nice way to keep organized. It's the kind of thing you throw in your bag and you take home the next morning once the hangover subsided. 
and you could <laughs> take a look at exactly what you were missing. Yeah, it was Pure Spirits that uh, was an oyster house and grill that brought the oysters. Oh, great oysters, very fresh. Yeah, they, good stuff. The shuckers they had going were... Uh, they were pros. They knew what they were doing. I felt so bad for them, though. They must have been hurting by the end of the night. Yeah, for real. I think it was ginkgo that we had the fried. I think so, too. The ginkgo Japanese restaurant. Mm -hmm. So, very, very cool festival overall. Um, totally looking forward to next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, the tickets were about $40 each. I completely felt like I got my $40 worth oh, out yeah. of it. We showed up when it opened pretty much, left actually half an hour early before it closed. Mm -hmm. We were there a good two and a half hours. Like you said, we had to go to the Jersey Giant and sober up. And then as we're leaving the Jersey Giant, we went down two doors and you found... Uh, what's Say what? Called? I'd never been to Say What before. In fact, I wasn't really sure where it was. I just knew it was in Toronto. And Say What, what type of bar is it again? Because I know there's a reason you're, we were oh, excited. it was one of the first brew pubs in Toronto. Okay. So, and we had the Russian Imperial Stout, which was expensive, but delicious. Yes. And she was excited to go. We couldn't, I couldn't say no. We went down, had another pint, missed the train we were supposed to catch, had to wait an hour for another train, but it was totally worth it. Mm -hmm. Excellent evening. Very, very happy we went. Uh, it's a nice halfway point between the, the November Food and Wine Expo. Yeah. So, just to hold us over until Just to hold November. us over. Yes, yes. Now, the regularity of the podcast. Um, here's what's going on with us. Sheila and I now work mostly opposite schedules. Today was our second day off together in about three months, which does not make a conducive environment for us being able to go out and eat at new places mm -hmm. and prepare material for the podcast. And if it was a case of we, if it were a case of money, it wouldn't be an issue. We've been doing the podcast on the cheap off and on yeah. for the past three years. For us, it's a case of time at this point. We have to be able to sit down and eat together to be able to do this. And the few opportunities we have to go out to eat, they're so few and far between to be together that we really want to spend the time with each other mm -hmm. doing... Sometimes we just want to go have comfort food because yeah. we, we're so excited to actually have time off. So right now, what our plan is to take the podcast down to something that's ir irregular and sporadic. We're still going to keep it up on Podbean. We're still going to keep the account active, which means the full archives will always be accessible to everybody. All you have to do is hit it up there. If we get emails asking, hey, we heard you have this episode and I can't find it through iTunes, we can definitely cycle the episodes and re-release them so they pop at the top of iTunes again. That's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, Sheila's going back to school this fall, Woo! which is exciting for Very us. exciting. I'm taking a two-year course, so for the next couple of years, things are going to be a little bit hectic yes we're gonna have even less time to spend together to go out and take the day to go gallivanting over the countryside of ontario or to take time to go down to the states and explore things or to take small road trips so unfortunately we, we can't gather the material we need to do this um we still want to do it yes but time is a is a premium right now yes and, and that's why i say we're going irregular it, because I know we're going to go someplace and all of a sudden look at each other and say, this would be a great episode. We have to do it. And we're going to start building a small library of episodes and we'll release them sporadically. So definitely stay on the Facebook page. Take a look at us on Twitter. When we go to the Wine and Food Expo again this fall, I'm sure we're going to do an episode about it mm -hmm. again. Definitely. I'm sure there are going to be things we go to and say, we have to talk about this. Like when we go to Erie to visit the guys. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Get the time to do that. I'm sure we're going to find awesome stuff in the area we'll want to record, but we won't be able to keep a commitment of even a bi-monthly podcast. Mm -hmm. It's just not in the cards right now. 
you know, six months from now, we may look at each other and say, oh my God, our schedules match up better. Mm-hmm. We can start going out together every other week and start exploring all these other places again. But until that happens, we're really sorry. Yeah. So it's it's not goodbye. It's just mm, stay tuned. See you soon. See you soon. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a stay tuned kind of thing. Yeah. Because we still have we still have to finish up the Mama Noise Tie on the Fly episode. Yeah. We have to go back there and eat again. We need to go back to Angelique's. We have a bunch of places that we've had these episodes on hold for about two months because we just don't have the time to go back out there and, and eat again together to do them. Yeah. So that's our biggest dilemma right now. Anything you want to add? Did I cover it? I Anything? think so. Okay. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, this is Tracy. And this is Sheila. And we are Zvi Fatchicks. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned. We hope you enjoyed this Zvi Fatchicks podcast. Please add us as a friend on Facebook and or follow us on Twitter. You can email your comments, questions, or suggestions to ZviFatchicks at gmail.com. That's Z-W-E-I-F-A-T-C-H-I-C-K-S at gmail.com. Our theme music is Hot Swing by Kevin MacLeod. Our podcasts, like Mr. MacLeod's music, are protected under a Creative Commons attribute copyright. You can make copies of our shows and share them with friends. Please make sure that credit is given. Thanks for listening and have a great day.